song. I'm in love with that song. I love that song. I'm in love with that song. I love that song. I love that song. I'm in love with that song. I love that song. I'm in love with that song. It's time to hop on your bike and pedal into interstellar overdrive. Because on this edition of the I'm in love with that song podcast, we're swinging by for a visit with Sid Barrett and Pink Floyd. I'm your host, Brad Page, and you're joining me here on the Pantheon Network, where each show I pick a favorite song and we explore it together, listening to all the elements that make it a great song. If you've been listening to this show or any of the podcasts on the Pantheon Network, then you know we've been on board with Nick Mason and his Saucer Full of Secrets tour this year. Nick is, of course, the drummer for Pink Floyd. He's played on every Pink Floyd album. In fact, he's the only member of Pink Floyd who's played on every single Pink Floyd album. There's a trivia question for you. With his Saucerful of Secrets project, he performs all the early Pink Floyd material. These are the songs that the other guys just don't play, in particular, the Sid Barrett-era stuff. So these concerts, they're really something special. I just got back from seeing two shows on this tour in Boston, Massachusetts and Providence, Rhode Island, and it was great. It inspired me to dig into one of the songs he's playing on this tour, one of the earliest Pink Floyd recordings and one of Sid Barrett's classics, a song called See Emily Play. There is no other day. We'll be right back after this message. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Nick Mason was born on January 27, 1944, in Birmingham, England. 
though his family moved to London when he was pretty young. When he was 12 years old, he would spend all night listening to Rockin' to Dreamland on the radio and fell in love with rock and roll. He picked up the drums, and while a student at Regent Street Polytechnic, he met two other budding musicians, Roger Waters and Richard Wright. Richard Wright was born July 28, 1943. He learned piano and trumpet and taught himself how to play guitar and studied at the Eric Gilder School of Music in London. But then he switched to architecture, and that's how he ended up at the Regent Street School. George Roger Waters was born September 6, 1943. His father was killed in World War II when Roger was only five years old. His mother moved the family to Cambridge, where he became friends with a young lad named Sid Barrett. Roger Keith Sid Barrett was born in Cambridge on January 6, 1946. His father, Dr. Barrett, worked at the university and was also a musician, and he encouraged all five of his children to play. But Dr. Barrett died from cancer when Sid was about 15. Around that time, Sid started playing guitar and formed his first band. Roger Waters, Richard Wright, and Nick Mason began playing together and formed a band called T-Set. They moved into a house owned by Mike Leonard, and they were joined by another resident of that house, a guitar player named Bob Close. Shortly after that, Sid Barrett would join the band. So now, the band known as T-Set included Sid Barrett on guitars and vocals, Bob Close on guitar, Rick Wright on keyboards, Roger Waters on bass, and Nick Mason on drums. T-Set recorded a few demos, including a cover of the Slim Harpo song, I'm a King Bee. Well, I'm a King Bee Buzzing around your Yes, I'm a king bee child Buzzing around your Also recorded a Sid Barrett original called Lucy Leave. That's Sid singing the lead vocals on both of those tracks. By the middle of 1965, Bob Close had left, and the remaining four, Barrett, Waters, Wright, and Mason, renamed themselves the Pink Floyd Sound. Sid came up with the band name by combining the names of two blues musicians, Pink Anderson and Floyd Council. 
The Pink Floyd Sound began playing these events known as happenings in 1966. It was at one of these happenings that they caught the attention of Peter Jenner. Amongst many things, Jenner had set up a small record company called DNA Productions. One of their productions was a band called AMM, who were avant-garde pioneers. They released an album in 1966 called AMM Music, one of the earliest experimental rock albums. Imagine how those sounds would influence a band like Pink Floyd. Peter Jenner was knocked out by what Pink Floyd was doing, and along with his friend, Andrew King, they signed on as Pink Floyd's first managers. Jenner and King started getting them bigger and better gigs, including at the legendary UFO or UFO club, which Pink Floyd played for the first time on December 23rd, 1966. This is where they began working with a psychedelic light show. At the UFO Club, they met a producer named Joe Boyd, who wanted to sign them to Elektra Records, but Elektra wasn't interested. But Joe Boyd did end up producing Pink Floyd's first single, Arnold Lane. Arnold Lane February 1967, Pink Floyd finally signed a contract with EMI. Arnold Lane could have been a big hit, but it was banned by the BBC because of its lyrics about a cross-dressing underwear thief. The next single, See Emily Play, would fare a little better. Recorded in May 1967 and released as a single in June, See Emily Play was written by Sid Barrett, and features Sid on guitar and lead vocals, Richard Wright on keyboards, Roger Waters on bass, and Nick Mason on drums. It was produced by Norman Smith. Norman was a house producer and engineer at EMI with a pretty impressive resume, including work with the Beatles. He was the perfect choice to capture Pink Floyd's psychedelic visions on tape. The song opens with Rick Wright's Farfisa organ, Roger Waters playing alternating notes an octave apart on his bass, and some trippy sound effects, most likely created by Sid, messing around with his Binson echo rec on his guitar sound. (laughs) 
back in the day, the way you created an echo sound on stage or in the studio was to use a mechanical device like a tape loop or, in the case of the Binson Echo Rec, a magnetic drum. Binson was an Italian company that pioneered the magnetic drum recorder for producing echoes. The Echo Rack had a record head and four playback heads arranged around a rotating drum. Every Echo device, the Echoplex, the Fender Dimension 4, the Watkins Copycat, Roland Space Echo, and the Binson Echo Rack, each has a unique sound. The Benson Echo Rec became an essential element in the Pink Floyd sound. Sid Barrett, Rick Wright, and Roger Waters would all use it, as would David Gilmore when he joined the band later that year. Let's go back and listen to just Sid's guitar sound with that Benson Echo Rec. <laughs> Rick plays a short organ solo while Roger plays a prominent bass riff pretty forward in the mix. The intro has been hanging around an A chord, but once the verse begins, it's going to shift down to a G, which changes the mood a little bit. Emily tries, but misunderstands. She's often inclined to borrow somebody's dreams till tomorrow. So who is Emily? The character in the song could have been inspired by Emily Young, daughter of Lord Kennett, who was a frequent guest at the UFO Club, and she would become a famous sculptor. It could be Anna Murray, a friend of Sid's, or probably most likely just a product of Sid's imagination. Let's listen to the vocals, which are doubled, with some backing vocals probably overdubbed by Sid and Rick. Emily tries, but misunderstands. She's often inclined to borrow somebody's dreams till tomorrow. And that brings us to the chorus. It's a pretty short verse. Notice the little piano fills in the chorus. They have a quick echo effect on them. Once again, that's the Benson Echo Rack. There is no other day. Let's try it another way. You'll lose your mind and play. The last line of that chorus is, Free games for May, see Emily play. Earlier that same month, May 1967, Pink Floyd played a special concert in London called Games for May. It was billed as Space Age Relaxation for the Climax of Spring. And Sid wrote a song especially for the occasion, which he called Games for May. That song would quickly evolve into See Emily Play. Let's listen to the vocals for this chorus. There is no other day. Let's try it another way. You'll lose your mind and play. Free games for May. See Emily Play. 
At the end of the chorus, there's a sound like a rocket or an engine taking off. That was created by Sid using a metal slide or maybe his Zippo lighter and sliding it up the guitar strings, with plenty of that echo, of course. Then there's a short section where the track speeds up for a few bars. So for that part, Rick Wright's piano, along with a little bit of guitar and drums, were recorded at half speed, so that when the tape was played back at normal speed, the part was twice as fast. So let's slow that down to get an idea of what that might have sounded like originally. And here's how it sounds again after it was speeded up and edited back into the song. Soon after dark, Emily cries. Gazing through trees in sorrow, hardly a sound till tomorrow. One of the more subtle but interesting things is the way Nick Mason's drum beat shifts between regular time and double time throughout the whole song. Let's hear his drums during that verse. And that first leads us to the second chorus. So let's let that play through. There is no other day. Let's try it another way. You'll lose your mind and play. Free games for play. See Let's go back and listen to the backing tracks for this chorus. Listen specifically for the sharp staccato chords that Sid is playing on his guitar and to that piano with the echo effect. That chorus ends with a blast of fuzz tone guitar, and then we're into the solo section. Rick Wright takes the lead on keyboards, but Sid is doing some fun stuff in the background on his guitar. They're going to return to the intro riff here. Let's see if we can hear more of Sid's guitar at the end there. Again, he's using some kind of a metal slide, probably his Zippo lighter, high up the strings with that Benson echo to create those chirping sounds. 
that brings us to the final verse. Sounds to me like there might be some timpani drums overdubbed at the beginning of the verse. Let's listen to that verse. Put on a gown that touches the ground. Float on a river forever and ever. Emily, Emily. I'd like to hear those vocals at the end again. Float on a river forever and ever. Emily, Emily. Here's the last chorus. There is no other day. Let's try it another way. You'll lose your mind and play. Three games play. See Emily play. And let's go back and listen to those harmony vocals. And rather than a big finale at the end, the song fades out on a two-note phrase played on the bass by Roger Waters, leaving the song somewhat unresolved at the end. See Emily Play by Pink Floyd. The song was released as a single on June 16, 1967 in the UK. I don't think it was released in the US. Pink Floyd's first album, Piper at the Gates of Dawn, was released two months later. This song is not on the UK version of the album, but the record company did stick it on the American version for the US market. The song has also been included on numerous compilation albums, and it's on the deluxe three-CD reissue of Piper at the Gates of Dawn, which I highly recommend, and that's the version that I used here. Which is in mono, by the way. With all those psychedelic effects, you don't even notice that it's not in stereo. I gotta thank Nick Mason for working with Pantheon on the tour I know all of the podcasts that participated were really grateful for the opportunity to go and see the shows and to talk to Nick and the guys in the band. We'll be back in two weeks with another new episode of the I'm in Love With That Song podcast. I'm especially looking forward to the next episode as it's a fun one and a great follow-on from this episode. You can find all of our previous shows on our website, lovethatsongpodcast.com, or just look for them in your favorite podcast player. You can leave a review on podchaser.com or share your thoughts and feedback with us on our Facebook page. Just look for the I'm in love with that song podcast on Facebook and you'll find us. Remember, if you care about an artist, support them by going to their shows and buying their music. And if you want to support this show, the best thing you can do is to tell your friends about it because your word of mouth is the best advertising we could ever have. Thanks for listening to this episode on Pink Floyd and See Emily Play. 
Emily tries but misunderstands She's often inclined to borrow somebody's dreams till tomorrow Before you move on, I just wanted to make a couple of recommendations. If you enjoyed this episode, you should check out a few of our other shows. We've done multiple episodes on the Rolling Stones, the Kinks, and the Who. We've discussed songs by Todd Rundgren, Yes, Aerosmith, the Beach Boys, Led Zeppelin, and Queen. We've done deep dives into songs by Marvin Gaye, Aretha Franklin, Al Green, and Stevie Wonder. And of course, we've discussed John Lennon, George Harrison, and a few McCartney songs. So there's plenty of other shows for you. I hope you give them a listen. Thank you for being a part of the I'm in Love With That Song podcast. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.